This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Good morning, good morning. Good to see you here. If you're a guest, we're honored to have you. If you're a regular, we're really glad to have you today, too. You made a good choice by being here. If you need a Bible, why don't you raise your hand up real high. Also, you ones watching on live stream, we welcome you today. Uh, once you get a Bible, go with me to the book of Revelation, chapter 2. Uh, we're still on our series here. We'll build, or Jesus said, and I'll build my church, Matthew 16, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. So we begin to take another journey here in the Word of God. Actually, we're still in the church of Ephesus where we were last week. So I'm going to read about the first five verses pretty quick, set the table where we're headed today. Uh, I'm just going to tell you again right now, Prepare your heart, okay, to receive the word of God. I I believe God will touch your heart again today. And the reason I say this is it gives us an opportunity to respond to the word of God here at the end of the service. Revelation chapter 2, verse number 1. To the angel of the church of Ephesus, to the congregation, the people of God at Ephesus, these things is he who holds the seven stars in his right hand. Remember the stars were the angelic beings. The right hand is his protection. He goes on to say, he walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, the seven churches. Verse two, I know your works. I know your labor, your patience. Now this is interesting that Jesus is telling them, I I see what you're doing. I, I see your work, I see your labor. And it's the same for every one of us. He sees what we're doing and he goes on to say there. And that you cannot bear those who are evil. You don't tolerate evil. And you have tested or examined those who say they're apostles and are not. And you found them to be liars. Pretty powerful, huh? I believe this is an insight from the Lord Jesus. Don't believe everything you hear, okay? That's why it's so important you stay with the word of God. Verse 3, and you've persevered, you have patience, you've labored for my namesake, and you've not become weary. Now, it's like he's given us a standing ovation. Way to go. Verse 4, nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Now, if I've left my first love, that tells me I had to be in love before that at one time or another. And so what he's telling us is I've fallen out of love. And evidently something or someone has replaced my first love. Now it's interesting, he says, you've left your first love. So if I've left my first love, I've gotten off track. I've deviated from the things that God desired for me. So what do we do? Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Remember, therefore, from where you've gotten off track. Why why has he not continued to be your first love? Repent. Wow, that's a novel idea. Repent. And some people would say, well, I, I repented 10 years ago. Why should I have to repent again? Because you've sinned again and again. And I say that about my own self. 
that he's writing to the church, the believers at Ephesus. And he said, listen, guys, because you've gotten off track, repent from where you've fallen. Now, why is this so big? Because he said, and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly. Remove the lampstand from its place unless you repent. So he begins to, to look at their hearts right now, and, and he's saying, man, how did you get so off track? One of the words for, the, for the, the word Ephesus means to let go or to relax. So I, I let go of the things that got me there, and I begin to relax. But he tells us that we really, really need to repent, repent to get back to the first love. You know, in Romans 8, verse 28, the Apostle Paul said this, God causes all things to work together for those who love me. Now, some of you should have really got excited about that. God causes all things, not a few things, not the minor things, not the little things. He causes all all things to work together for good for those who love him. And you ought to be excited about that. So what happens is when we're going through this journey through life, man, many times we're getting bombarded on every side, everywhere we look at. And we thank God, where are you at? And God's saying, just hang in there. I, I got love for you. I, I got plans for you. And then before long, when you get a look at the rear view mirror of life and you look and think, man, God is good. God is so good, he's causing all things to work together for my good because I love him. So again, I got to get back to this place where I'm passionately in love with the Lord. Now, turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 24. And I, I want you to hold this thought as you're getting there from where you've fallen. Where have you fallen? What, what caused you to deviate from your first love? What, what caused you to get off track? And so when we go into this here in Matthew 24, the Lord Jesus is going to give us incredible insight. And the reason I want to highlight this is because, again, he wants us to come back to him. He wants that passion back with the, that we had in the beginning. Matthew chapter 24, verse 3. Now, as Jesus said on the Mount of Olives, his disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming of the end of the age. Now, Jesus is going to come back, okay? It's going to happen again. And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. T take heed that no one deceives you. Don't be fooled. Don't be misled. And it's interesting that he says, don't be deceived. Now, what's going to happen? You're going to see this numerous times this morning. And even if we go back into Revelations 2, he said, man, you looked at those ones who said they were apostles. You examined, you test them, and you found out they were liars. So he warns here, don't be deceived. Verse 4, 5. 
For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. Now, when you look at this, I must focus on Jesus and I must focus on the word, not on people. Because many are going to come and many are going to get misled and many are going to get off track. And so here's a thought for you immediately. Has deception moved you into a place where you've fallen? You've gotten off. There was a lady who came to church for years with us. It was very, very dear to me. And I, I begin to see her deviate from coming to church. And I begin to talk to her. And she started telling me about how she was watching this guy on TV. And this was what he was preaching. And I said, well, where's scripture and verse for that? And she said, well, he's, he's saying this or this or this. And I said, listen, you got to stay with the word and you got to stay with Jesus. And that's why I, I want you to take a Bible when you come in here, okay? Don't believe what I say. Take the word of God. Because Jesus here highlights and he uses over and over. Many, many will be deceived. You'll get off track. Same chapter, verse 10. Then many will be offended. How many? Many. Many will be offended. You know what that means? They, they take an offense. And because they never release that offense, this thing called unforgiveness and bitterness begins to swell on the inside of us. And remember the Lord said in Mark 11, he said, if you don't forgive others, I can't forgive you. And so could it be the area of my life that I've fallen from my first love is I've allowed unforgiveness or offense to shove the things of God away from me? And let me share this, this true story with you. And, and many of you have heard this, but this is the power behind offense. None of us are exempt from it. There's a lady who was in the church and she had had a tumor the size of a volleyball in her stomach. And they admitted her up here to the hospital to covenant. And she called one day and I spoke to her on the phone and she said, would you please, 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 please come to the, the, the hospital and lay hands on me, anoint me with oil and pray the fear of faith over me and I'll be healed and I said, man, I'd be honored to. I'd love to. So the day that that was going to take place, I was over here and I was pacing the floor and I was praying and I began to cover it in prayer. And I said, Father God, uh, anoint me to just to fulfill in Jesus' name the laying hands on the sick. I believe you still do that. And, and right here, it was like God showed up and he said, don't pray for her. And I thought, where did that come from? Don't pray for her. And so the time came for me to go up there and I'm driving. And this, this was years ago, but this is so real. I'm going right down Memphis, all the way down to about 23rd Street. And man, the closer I get, I hear the Lord say, don't pray for her. I've dealt with her heart. Don't pray for her. I'm not going to heal her. And I mean, I was freaking 
What am I going to do, Lord? So I get into the hospital. I go to the East Tower, the sixth floor. And all the way up that elevator, I hear the Lord say, don't you dare pray for her. I get off the elevator and I take a ride and it's one of the very first doors right there. And I knock on the door and she says, come in. And she sees me and says, pastor, I'm so glad you're here to pray for me. Lay hands on me. What do you do? Do we just pray a courtesy prayer? I'm not into courtesy prayers. Do we just pray for the fun of it and and fake it till we make it? Let's just bluff our way through it. And God said, don't pray for her. And so I looked at her and I said, I'm not going to pray for you. You have unforgiveness in your heart. And the Lord told me he's dealt with you for years and he wants to heal you, but until you release that, he's not going to heal you. And it was like I lit a firecracker. She blew up. She exploded. And she said, I'll never forgive him. I'll go to my grave before I forgive him. And I said, I wash my hands of this. I'm just the messenger boy. Listen what Jesus says here in this. Many will be offended and ultimately they will betray one another and they will hate one another. Now this wasn't to the world, this was to the church. Let me ask you something. Do you got offense in you? Do you got hatred in you? I wish I wouldn't have came to church today. Oh yeah, you do. God wants to help us, okay? Verse 11. Then many false prophets. You know what one translation says? Lying preachers. That hurt. (laughs) Lying preachers will rise up and deceive many. So what do I do to stay away from the false and live for the true? You've got to understand this. You must make sure what's being spoken is reinforced by the word of God. And it leads us to Jesus right here. But also that it will will cause your life to to want to promote righteousness and holiness. If that teaching isn't leading that way, run. Run, Forrest, run. See, I, I think just over and over, have I fallen? Have I gotten off track because I've listened to false teaching? Verse 12, and because lawlessness will abound. Lawlessness is a form of wickedness, an increase of sin. Now, listen to this definition of lawlessness. Not being regulated or restrained or controlled by law. We become unruly. In other words, when there's no guidelines or standards for human beings to live by, lawlessness begins to abound. Welcome to the United States of America. Wow, that's heartbreaking for me to say that. That's heartbreaking. 
but we are seeing lawlessness and wickedness abound. And so what begins to happen when we live in a society where there's false teaching and loose morals? Lawlessness begins to abound. Where I leave the things of God. I leave the word of God. I, I leave the standards of the word of God. Now listen, is this the place you've fallen? Well, you know, Pastor, I had a professor at Texas Tech who told me the Bible's, but well, there's your problem right there. And I'm not saying that about every professor there. But I got to stay with the word of God. He goes on to say, and lawlessness will abound. Now listen to this. And the love of many will grow cold. The love of many believers will grow cold. Those whose heart once burned with passion, that burned with fervor, that you couldn't wait to get to church, you couldn't wait to pray. The love of many will grow cold. So when I look at this here, is this another area that I've fallen from? I've gotten off track. Verse 13, but he who endures till the end shall be saved. The one who holds his ground in conflict to bear up against adversity, to hold out under stress, to persevere on, un, under pressure, to him who endures till the end shall be saved. Well, why do I need to endure till the end? I was born again 30 years ago. What does it matter now what I do? Do, do you read in this now? He who endures till the end. He who stays with it. Verse 14. And this gospel, the good news of the kingdom, will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. Then the end will come. This is what I must stay with here. I must preach the gospel. I must preach the good news. Have you fallen from the good news where the word of God is no longer my guide? Now, I, I was going to take you back to Revelation 2, verse 6, but I'm just going to quote it. Remember when we were there last week, he said that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. He didn't say you hate the Nicolaitans. He said you hate their deeds. You hate what they're doing. So remember when we broke down the word Nicolaitan, it literally meant someone that felt like they were superior. They were better than thou. They had the ability to look down upon everybody else. And the Lord Jesus said in Revelations 2, 6, he said, and I hate it also. Now, how many times have you seen that Jesus hates something? That's an interesting thought. Turn to Proverbs chapter 8. And as we turn to Proverbs 8, I'm going to show you some things that the Lord Jesus said he hates. And as we, we turn to Proverbs chapter 8, somewhere, somehow, this elite, better than thou, this superior status, better stated, 
this pride and this arrogance had crept into the church at Ephesus. And the Lord Jesus said, I hate those deeds. The reason the Lord Jesus hates those deeds is the author of pride and arrogance was the devil himself. Now, if we had time, we'd go to Isaiah 14. And in Isaiah 14, he gives five eyes. The devil says, I will do this, and I will be this, and I will do it. How many ever saw in Scripture where Jesus had to tell people who he was? Hey, I'm the Son of God. Hey, I'm the Messiah. Jesus never did that. He just lived by humility, and he allowed his lifestyle and his actions to define who he was. But any time in my life where I have to start telling people my titles, my degrees, my money, my wealth, you better get ready. Now, watch what is said here in Proverbs 8, verse number 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. What does it mean by the fear of the Lord? To reverence to respect, to stand in awe. How many of you think America could use a double portion of the fear of God right now? I, I welcome us as a church to start praying the fear of God into our land. I, I love to pray in the mornings over in our, in our basement. And the reason I love to pray over there, I got a big old picture of the map. And there's times I get in there and pray and I'll sense the Lord say, pray the fear of God over America. He'll say, pray the fear of God over Washington, D.C. The fear of God. And do you see what he said here? The fear of God is to hate evil. Now watch this. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth, I hate. Whoa. You know what the Lord hates? Pride, arrogant, and evil way, and a perverse mouth. Ooh, you know a red flag again is when people have to tell you again their achievements, their worth, their value. You know, I had a guy years ago in the church, and he got upset with some things here, and he looked at me one day, and he said, this church will never make it without my tithe. You know what I said? Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. You need the interpretation of that? Our God's a big God. He's a big God. So we see some things right here that the Lord hates. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before. No, not the fall. Pride goes before destruction. And a haughty spirit before the fall. Now there's a difference between pride and haughty. Pride is, is based on I'm superior. Haughty makes you naughty. Haughty says that because of my authority, I'm gonna rule over you. Pride and haughty, man, you're messing around with destruction and fall. So when I look at some of the stuff that he said right here, even perverse speech, 
the things that I allow to come out of my mouth, when I'm continually boasting about me, when I've got to talk about I, 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 look at me, look at me, look at me. I don't have any tattoos on me, but if I was going to get one, this would be a candidate. James 1.19, be swift to hear and slow to speak. It's interesting that God created us with two ears and one mouth. Would we be in bad shape if we had two mouths and one ear? Wow, that's a deep revelation, isn't it? Perverse things. Now, go with me back to the New Testament, way back in the back, to 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. You know, it's been said, your boast becomes a prophecy of your future failure. Be careful, little mouth, what I say. Be careful. So we go to the book of 1 Peter, right after James Chapter 5. And the reason I'm going here, could this be the area I've fallen from? 1 Peter 5, 5, likewise, you younger people submit to your elders. Do you hear that? Submit, submit. Keep reading. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. Better stated, serve each other young and old. Put on the apron of humility. Put on the robe of humility. Why? God resists the proud. God doesn't resist the sinner, but he resists the proud. God doesn't resist the liar. God doesn't resist the murderer. But when I come across as prideful and arrogant, God will resist you. It's the only place in the Bible that God will resist you. You know why? You have on this stuff called leave me alone cologne. You have a smell. And when I see God resist me, it's like a, foot, a, a, a stiff arm in football. This is how God does you. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Nope, don't come near me. God resists the proud. Could I have gotten in an area of fallen because I'm operating prideful or arrogant? Look what he goes on to say. But woo, God gives grace, God gives favor to the humble. Woo, when you humble yourself, you are a magnet to Father God. You are like honey and a bee to Father and God. Father God comes right, he comes after the humble. Now, what would be a good definition of the humble? Well, watch the next verse. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Not under the mighty hand of man. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Come before Father God. And part of that, I believe, the robe of humility Man, I blew it. I repent. Father God, you're the potter and I'm still the clay. See, something happens when I acknowledge God as the creator and I'm the creation. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all, not a little bit, not some of it, 
Cast all your care upon him. Your distractions, your anxieties, your burdens, and your worries, for he cares for you. So what this is happening is saying here, that's the robe of humility that says, here it is, Father God, I cast it upon you. But something happens when we act like, I got it. I don't need God, I got it. You ain't got nothing. Sip your thin between the ears. Verse eight. Be sober. You know what the word sober there means? Be self-controlled. There's a number of things in my life and your life you didn't choose. You didn't choose the color of your skin and you didn't choose the gender. You didn't choose who your parents were going to be. You didn't even choose what city you would be born in. But some of the things we do choose... We choose our mood and we choose what comes out of our mouth. And so he gets over right here and he says, be self-controlled. Have I fallen from the things of God because of a lack of self-control? Whether that's with my mouth, my moods, be self-controlled. Father God, grace me to be self-controlled. How many of you ever speak before you think? Am I the only one that has that problem? Man, grace me to self-control today, Lord. Be vigilant. Be alert. Be on guard. Why? Because your adversary, your enemy, your opponent, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Seeking whom he may devour. Doesn't say will devour. So you know what that tells you? He can't wipe you out just because he wants to. He's always looking for opportunity. And so the opportunity he looks at is when I'm not self-controlled and I'm not alert. I put my guard down. Then he comes in like a roaring lion. Have I fallen from my first love because I've given the enemy access to me? Let me help you a little bit with verse eight. Every day in Africa, the sun arises. And every morning when the sun rises... The gazelle knows that if he's not faster than the fastest lion, he's going to die. And every day in Africa, when the sun rises, the lion knows that if he's not faster than the slowest gazelle, there's a chance he's going to die. The moral of the story, doesn't matter if you're a gazelle or a lion, when the sun comes up, you better be running. Be alert. Be ready to go. Don't drop your guard. Don't let pride sneak in. The robe of humility is, man, Father God, I raise my hands to you. The robe of humility is, Father God, I, I get on my knees, but I don't know what to do. How many of this week have had a moment where you're in a I don't know what to do moment? I've had some of those. And I said, Father, here's my cares. You take them. That's the robe of humility. 
You don't spell your name capital G-O-D. You don't even spell your name Holy Spirit Junior. Why don't you stand on your feet here? So we rewind. God's desires. Man, I, I don't want you to stay away. I don't want you left the first left. Come on, come on back home. Can you hear God? Come on back home. Come on back to me. Make me priority again. Don't you bow your head. Repent from where you've fallen. Do you know that wasn't to beat us up? That was the opportunity to come back in that relationship with Father God. Have I fallen because of deception? Have I fallen because I've got a fence in my heart? Have I fallen because I've, I've let this thing called lawlessness, lawlessness of wickedness to, to cling to me? Have I fallen because I've, I've been dominated by pride and arrogance? And remember the call of the Lord Jesus. Repent and come back. Repent. I believe that's the first thing we need to do today. And God said, repent. Come back to that first love. And so as our team's getting ready to, to lead us in worship here, you need to repent today. And Lord, I got off track. I don't want to get off track. So we're going to open up these altars. Not for the applause of men. I, I want heaven to applaud me and say, way to go. You, you put on the robe of humility. You said, Father God, I'm, I'm coming before you. I, I got issues in my heart today. If that's you, I welcome you at these altars, okay? Go ahead, guys.
let's express our heart toward God today. I don't think anything could be more clear than this song right there. Father God, right now, we, we acknowledge you as our Heavenly Father, the Creator. Father God, we, we repent for what we've made. We ask you to forgive us, wash us. And Lord Jesus, come, come back in our heart. Be, be the center of our joy. Come, come back in our heart, Lord, where we love to sit at your feet and hear your word. You know, when the apostle Paul wrote to the, the young pastor, Timothy, Paul looked at him and said, Timothy, we're going to lay our hands on you and we're going to stir up the gifts within you. We're going to stir up the gifts of heaven within you. And so I'm, I'm going to ask our prayer team to come down here right now. And you know what? Let, let's lay hands on people. Let, let's pray that, that God would stir back up the gifts, that first love. God would stir up that gift of miracle. He would move within hearts that not one person would leave here like they came. Go ahead, sing one more time, God. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.